You are listening to the Brook Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith. Faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 36, Being Self-Centered. Have you ever felt like it was selfish to take time to yourself? What about pursuing your own interests? Today's podcast is actually a response to an email I got from one listener. She asks, what is selfishness? What does it mean to be unselfish? One definition suggested that selfishness is the act of doing what one desires at the expense of others. How then is it possible to be completely unselfish and accomplish anything at all? So dear friends, is self-care selfish? Is pursuing your purpose selfish? My answer may totally surprise you. Listen in. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon, Siegel Book, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. Pick your favorite. This book is filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or have taken time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I'm not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice that helps me have creativity and focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. Thank you for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Miss Genealogy. She says, I have put off leaving a review until now because I was worried I wouldn't be able to clearly articulate just how incredible this podcast is. But I'm setting my perfectionism aside because I love this show. Brooke has taught me truths in a way that are truly life-changing. If you take anything away from the small and simple review, I hope it will be to push play. Miss Genealogy, thank you for the review. And even more so, thank you for putting aside perfectionism and taking action. How many of us totally get stuck because we don't think we will do things to the level that we want to? I just love you for showing up and doing something small and simple that has totally made a difference in my life. May we all set aside perfectionism today so we can help others too. Thank you. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. And just like Miss Genealogy taught, it doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever words you have are exactly right. And if you've been putting off leaving a review, please just pause the recording and go and do it and come right back. Your reviews and shares are what makes this podcast possible. It gives me the feedback I need to keep going. So thank you for listening and for sharing. So friends, selfishness and (laughs) self-care. Have you felt the tension that exists there? In episode 14, I shared my own story with you of the moment that I had a personal breakdown a few years ago. I was suffering from mental illness, PTSD, panic attacks, and anxiety when my entire world came crashing down and I lost control. It was an ugly and redemptive moment all in one. I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes if you'd like more context there. But it was in that moment that I hit complete rock bottom that I realized I wasn't getting the care that I needed. That moment changed my life. It was the moment I took ownership for my health and happiness. I couldn't expect anyone else to do it for me or expect anyone to notice something I might need. 
I had to take charge and make it happen. That day, I made two lists, a stop doing list and a start doing list. I stopped my business. That alone was a huge thing for me to let go, but it was too much for me to handle at such a low time in my life. My start doing list was longer. It included take a yoga class, meeting with a life coach, taking a natural mental health supplement, waking up early every morning to journal and meditate and study scripture. And I even added in some hobbies like playing the piano and riding my bike. I committed myself to live different, to take care of myself. To be honest, the changes in my life from that moment on, they happened slowly. It takes deep commitment to change your habits or to start new ones. But my mind was so firmly set knowing that my life depended on this new way of living that I pushed through. I showed up every day. Self-care was the most important thing I required myself to accomplish for the day. Anything else was bonus. I remember sometime later, and I don't know if it was weeks or months, but I remember standing in the kitchen and I was drinking a glass of water and my kids were playing and they were being really loud and obnoxious and they probably were jumping on furniture, just playing around. And I just stood there at the sink watching everything unfold with my kids. They were in their own little world. And I was baffled that their antics didn't trigger me. In fact, it wasn't even bothering me. I took a few sips of water and then I made another important realization. I remember thinking the words, I actually feel like myself right now. How long has it been since I felt like me, the real me? Had it been years? <laughs> I couldn't remember, but it felt so nice. It felt like home. It was familiar. It was true. The consistency of doing those small and simple habits of self-care slowly and surely changed my life. Eventually, I started my business again. I was able to do more things as my mental and emotional health improved. Slowly but surely, I would add in another habit and strengthen the ones already in motion. Self-care saved my life. And yet, it's not like you just gather up enough nourishment one day so you can let it all go and coast for a while till you might need it again. <laughs> just like every living thing in nature, we require some basic daily essentials to keep thriving. Is self-care selfish? Do I think it's selfish? Let's go back to this question for my listener. What is selfishness? What does it mean to be unselfish? One definition states that selfishness is the act of doing what one desires at the expense of others. How is it possible to be completely unselfish and accomplish anything at all? I love her question. Maybe you have felt to ask this a time or two yourself. And I'll be the first to admit that taking time to do the things I need does indeed come at the expense of other things. Right now, I'm creating a podcast while my four-year-old is watching TV. <laughs> I leave my family every Wednesday night at six so I can go train on my bike. I gave up watching late night TV with my husband so I could go to bed earlier and therefore get up earlier. Every choice comes at an expense. Is this selfish? 
Have you ever asked yourself the same question? As I pondered this question, I instantly recalled a podcast interview I listened to almost two years ago. It was an interview with Neil Donald Walsh. In this podcast, he says, and I quote, the most loving person is self-centered. He expounds saying, if you're not centered in yourself, in your holy, sacred self, then you're going to be scattered all over the place trying to please someone else or trying to please yourself in using other people as tools and manipulative devices in which to do so. But if you're really self-centered, that is if you are contained within yourself and self-aware, that if you know who you are and what you need and what you don't need, what you choose and what you don't choose, what you wish and what you don't wish, what you love, how you are responding to life, if you are centered within yourself, if you serve your own best interest all the time, you will become the most loving, most generous, caring, compassionate, generous, understanding, patient person on the planet. But you have to redefine what your own highest best interests are. But, but I want you to get clear on how you define your best interests. And you cannot be clear on what your best interests truly are until you truly get clear on who you truly are and why you are here. Close quote. Isn't that an amazing thought, an amazing quote? I'm going to link to that podcast and the minute mark if you'd like to hear more context. I love the idea of being self-centered. And his clarification at the end is important that to define what your best interests are, you must be very clear on who you truly are and why you're here. Who do you know that was very clear on who they were? and why they came to earth. Can you think of someone that never once lost sight of who they were and their purpose in this life? Do you think of Jesus Christ like I do? He knew perhaps more clearly than any of us who he was and why he was here. Do you think he was self-centered? Do you think he was centered in his holy, sacred self? And every choice was filtered through what would be in his own best self-interest. Absolutely. No doubt. Do you think he took the time he needed each day to center himself? Do you think he took the time to pray and meditate, to care for his body? Do you think he had a certain way of doing things that would keep him centered in who he was and why he was here? Do you think that filtered his choices do you think that influenced where he went and what he did and who he spoke with? Do you think that influenced how he spent his time and what he thought about? Immediately after Jesus performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with only five loaves of bread and two fish, the people who were there were astonished. In John chapter 6, we read, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Let's pause here just for a moment. The people were astonished at the miracle, and Jesus perceived that they were going to take him by force and make him a king. 
probably because they were so astonished at his power. They wanted him to be a ruler among them. Was this the type of king who Jesus truly was? Was this part of the reason he was on the earth? No. So what did he do? He departed again into a mountain himself alone. Why do you think he departed alone? To flee those that were going to take him by force to be their king? Possibly. And what if it was to take time and solitude to be centered in who he really was and why he was really here? Scattered here and there in the New Testament account, we find these little moments of Jesus taking a moment to be alone. Even at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days. He's beginning his ministry. This ministry embodies who he is and why he's here. To prepare for this, he takes solitude to himself in the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days. He's centering himself. Now, don't you think it's interesting that when Satan comes tempting him during this special sacred time of centering, that Satan immediately targets his identity? The first words out of Satan's mouth are, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Satan challenges the identity of Jesus. If you are the son of God, Jesus refuses to give in. After the first temptation, the spirit sets Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple and Satan comes tempting him again, targeting his identity. And he says, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. Jesus refuses. A short while later, Jesus is carried by the spirit to the top of a high mountain where he sees and vision all the kingdoms of the world. Satan intervenes again, saying that all this will he give him if he will worship him. Every temptation is crafted to disorient Jesus from who he is and why he's here. And I'll go as far to suggest that the same is true for us. Every temptation is crafted to disorient us from who we are and why we're here. Yet Jesus withstands these moments with precision and clarity. Why? Because he's centered. He is self-centered, centered in his holy, sacred, highest self. To be centered requires action. There are things we must do to know who we are and why we are here. And given the constant distractions of Satan to cause us to forget the truth of who we are and why we are here, it's all the more important that we find the time to become self-centered over and over again each day. Is it selfish to take the time necessary to yourself each day to care for your body and soul? Yes, it is. It's selfish. But remember, you have two selves, two identities. One is true and one is false. Your true self, scripture refers to as your divine nature. This is who God created you to be. Your false self, scripture refers to as the natural man. This was created in opposition to your divinity. Satan would have you live in your false self, disconnected from light and truth, confused on who you are and what your purpose here may be. 
He would have you doubt your gifts, your worth, and every action you take that moves towards light. Any step you take towards living in your true self will be discouraged. Now, if you've ever felt the limiting belief that taking time to be self-centered is selfish, you're right. (laughs) But when that selfish feeling is colored with discouragement, it's because Satan does not want you to move towards your true self. He rants and he raves and he tells you not to go there because he wants you to live in your false self. It's all very selfish. All of it. All of this is selfish. But one self will bring you towards light and the other self is bondage and misery. No wonder this is a constant battle. No wonder we get so hung up on (laughs) self-care. No wonder we can feel resentment when we aren't getting the time that we need to be self-centered. What you're feeling is the opposition between two selves, true and false, light and dark, divine nature and natural man. This opposition is constant. And you must use your agency to choose which identity you will live in. Friends, I am so passionate about this topic. I wrote an entire book on it. (laughs) It's called Living in Your True Identity. How do you use your agency to live in your true self? In my book, I share a Native American legend told about two wolves. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. This legend is a powerful illustration of your two identities. The identity that will win The identity that you will experience your life through or your day through or each moment through is the one you feed. Who you feed matters. Is it selfish to take time to do self-care and nourish your body and soul? Yes. Is it selfish to neglect self-care and put yourself at the bottom of the list? Yes. You are choosing which self to feed. Friends, I hope this helps you find some relief when your false self freaks out when you want to take time to be centered in your true self. Next time you hear that frantic voice say, this is selfish, just say to yourself, yes, it is. And I want to live in my true self. Thank you very much. (laughs) Neil Donald Walsh promises in his quote that if you are self-centered all the time, you will become the most loving, generous, caring, compassionate, understanding, patient person on the planet. He's right. Your true self is the most loving, generous, caring, compassionate, generous, understanding, patient version of who you are. This is why I hear people say, 
I take the time for self-care because it makes me a better mom, makes me a better wife, makes me nicer to be around. Of course it does. You're feeding the true self. And why do you become the most generous, caring, compassionate, generous, understanding, patient person on the planet? Neil says it's because those who are self-centered are others-oriented. Those who are self-centered are others-oriented. When you are clear on who you are and why you are here, when you are centered in your true self, you have the capacity to help and heal everyone around you. This is who you are. This is why you are here. But to find that alignment, you must be self-centered. My small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Imagine your life living self-centered and look forward with faith. Do you want to know my number one practice for being self-centered? Meditation. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including centering myself in my true identity. If you're looking for a powerful and effective way to feed your true self more, I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. You hear me preach over and over again the importance of small and simple things in our life, and this one practice is huge. It's small and simple, but the results over time are profound. But the key is consistency. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both get to do the 40 day challenge together. Two people start an empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on. Now go and be self-centered.